Hello everyone. Hello. Are you good? Yeah. It's good to have you, good to be together on our family night. Well done for, for making it here. What we're going to do, we're going to start by lifting up the name of Jesus in song and praise. Dave's going to play the piano for us. So why don't we stand to our feet and welcome the Lord and honour him and get our mind fixed on him and our, our, our heart straight. Yes, Lord, we are here for your glory and for your fame. And we just ask that everything that happens tonight would um, forward your purpose, your glory and your fame in our hearts, in our lives, um, through the church and out into your world. Amen. 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 Do take a seat. Um, So good to see you all. And please do, there are some seats nearer the front if you need them, uh, if that helps you to, you'll be able to follow the slides a little bit better. We've got some seats in the first and second row here. Great. Well, we've got some things to get through tonight, and um, there'll be a slot probably about half, two-thirds of the way through where we'll just pause and answer any questions that, that, that there are, just so that we we can make sure that we're not just go, 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 but that there's a chance to stop and pause for a moment. We want to start just by, just give me some encouraging news on, on gospel communities, and um, so here's, here's a really encouraging statistic for you. So, um, to go to our first slide here... Then we see that in November 2014, so that is six or so months ago, we had 137 people in 11 gospel communities. And now we have 173 people in 13 gospel communities, which is great. Isn't that great? So that is uh, an increase of 25% or a quarter. That's wonderful news because that we've always, we've always tried to labour the point that being part of a church is so much more than attending a meeting. Um, the last thing we ever wanted to become was just some kind of worship centre or preaching centre, but that we wanted to express what it means to be the body of Christ, which means belonging. And we really work that out in smaller settings um, day to day than, than the Sunday. So to have that many people being plugged in over the last few months is a brilliant, brilliant bit of news. It's not just numbers. You know, like in the book of Acts when Luke records the numbers, there's, that's people, people's lives that are being um, impacted by the gospel and, and encouraged. So praise God for that. And we thought we'd just give a, a, a quick testimony from Ben. Ben, why don't you come up, mate? This is Ben, Ben Atwood. Give him a, give him a clap. Uh, ben is becoming a good friend of mine, and he's just going to share a little bit about uh, how he's found his way into the church through gospel communities. Thanks, Steph. Good evening, everyone. My name is Ben Atwood, and um, along with my wife, Emma, we joined the church uh, last October. And um, the thing we've really liked about the church, we praise God for, is that it's very inclusive. The only real conformity is to the gospel, which is great. We haven't felt under pressure to conform in other ways. Um, And we've uh, gone to a new GC uh, called Family GC. Um, what that GC is about. It's about being inclusive um, and it's about meeting people where they're at 
um, rather than you know um, making people come along and do things in, in, in a specific way. So that's that suited us really well, and um, we praise God for that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been great for us. It's really um, made us feel part of um, of the church. It's been great to to be involved in a GC, meeting people in small groups and getting to know people a lot better. That's really what we've got out of it. Um, it's it's sort of like a family um, in that. We meet together, and whoever's there, that's who's there, and we accept everyone who's there, where they're at. Um, it's not unlike a family because it's very, very diverse. It's attract, attracts sort of lots of people who are very different, and there's a lot of strength in that, and there's a lot of strength in in meeting people where that that where they're at. That's my message. Cheers, man. It's great. Brilliant. There's so much more we could say, and I'm sure there's testimonies all around the room of um, various exciting things that are happening in GCs. But we just wanted to give you the headlines. Things are looking good, getting strong, and we thank God for that, yeah? Brilliant. Now we're going to hand over to our the one and only Sally Utting, who's going to tell us about Cap and Food Bank. How's it going, Sally? Oh, I'm just walked past Andy's foot and I'm so nervous. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go around the back later, I think. Um, right, okay, so. Is it going to be exciting news, I wonder? Of course it is. Of course it is. Right, okay, so. We're starting with Cap first. Is that right? Okay. So we have, every time I say something, you do me a favour. It makes me feel like I'm part of the room. Can you go, thank you Jesus, please. 30 clients have become debt free. 15 clients have avoided eviction. And 37 clients to who I'm working with at the moment. And I would love to tell you a story about every single one of them. But I haven't got time. (laughs) Where's that Luke? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, I just want to tell you how we get our referrals. I felt like that would be really important. So when I get a cat client coming through, I get... On my mobile phone, I get a name, and that's all I get. I don't get any information about them. But as soon as I get that name, God tells me to pray. So I start praying, and things start happening. And when I go and see that client in the home, the presence of God is there. And someone came out with me last week, and they actually experienced it for themselves, that the presence of God was there. And because the presence of God was there, that means that I can say, please, can I start with prayer whether they believe or not believe or they're from another faith and none of them have ever said no Um, I'm not forceful, I'm very gentle with it, I know I stand really confident out here but when I'm actually going into a home I'm very sensitive Um, a lot of people have a very poor self esteem so I'm not going to bounce in there with can I pray for you, you have to be really sensitive and none of them have said no thank you that's amazing and then during the meeting you pick up on things, what people need prayer for and how we can support them 
And it's not just about CAP. You become part of their lives. So then what happens is, when you play at the end and you play for specific points, God starts doing things. And he's doing his miracles. And it's amazing. And there's lots of clients that you've not met that actually become Christians. And they become Christians. They've met the Jesus. They've had dreams. They've had visions. Things are happening in our community. So please, please, please keep praying. What do we need prayer for next? Well, we need more befrienders. Befrienders is a bit like being a support worker. And it's coming out with me on visits, being part of it, or it could mean that you might want to take another part of it and go with some other people and just taking some gifts, a cake or something. But if this is something that stirs your heart, then please, please, please come and see me. And I have a very colourful form with tick boxes and details so if you think you would like to be part of this please let me know and also I'm going to be quite pushy tonight I'm also going for it I've really been praying for a deck coat and if you think you would like to go for the training um, and we'd need a volunteer, it's not paid, a volunteer to come out and work alongside me, it'd be one day a week, then please consider that. And if you're interested in that, that will be an, inf- um, an interview process. But it's to be a volunteer. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of great things happening in CAP. So, yes. I'm going to move over to Food Bank now. Look at that. Wow. So let's do it again, sorry. Thank you, Jesus. So, up to date so far, Food Bank has fed 3,382 people. Five people have come to church. And possibly more, that's what I could remember. And don't forget, all of you DCs are involved on a Saturday. You may have invited people that I don't even know that to come to church. So that's what I know of. And then we've given out, from your head this today, over 12 tons of food in the last year. It's phenomenal, isn't it? This was just an idea that has just grown and grown and grown, and it is phenomenal. How wonderful to be part of a church that's doing this, hey? But it's all you guys that we need. We need you for several reasons, because obviously the volunteering that you do on a Saturday helps a lot when you're in the food bank, because it gets an opportunity to pray with any clients that are there as well. So I'm sure lots of you have got stories, actually. Maybe that's one for next time, but yeah. And if we can have some prayer points now, which is Fleet Festival meal. On that weekend, on the Saturday afternoon at Sanctus, we are going to have New Life organising a dinner for food bank people going along. So please remember them on that day. Let them all be fed and let them all feel part of the community. And also, another thing as well I wanted to mention, there's a proportion of my clients from CAP are from Food Bank. And that's really exciting because it means we've got relationship building going on. 
So if you happen to volunteer for food bank, please don't give up mention to them about CAP if they're struggling with finances. Because nine times out of ten we can help them. And that means that they continuously get food in their cupboards, not just three times out of six months. So have that thinking cap on when you're helping on a Saturday. If you want to know more about CAP, you can come to me. But also the lovely Adrian knows quite a lot about CAP as well. So you'll find out more about that later. Oh, yes. So, do you remember the 10K last year? Well, the 10K has made it all possible for me to stand here and tell you just how much food we've got and also how many food bank clients we've been able to feed. All of you that were involved in the 10K last year, I know it was really hard for you to do and to put it into your busy lifestyles, but you have blessed everyone that's come through the door. Everyone. Absolutely everyone. And to continue to bless these people for the next year, we really need some fantastic people to come on board with the 10K. So, I think we've got someone that also is looking at me that are involved in the 10k so if you think you're interested if you think you're interested in doing the 10k then please come and see this wonderful lady she will have forms there will be forms for you to fill out later and if you think I haven't got time for it but you know someone who would like to do it, that's okay as well. They don't necessarily have to be part of the church. It could be that you might have some work colleagues that might want to come alongside you or might want to do it. But the money is going to food bank and, as you well know, it's needed. So please, please, please consider it and uh, not let go of that thought. Thank you. Thanks, Mum. Great, so I'm just going to give you guys a quick update on our staff team. Um, so Mum obviously is doing a great job with CAP. Um, I'm going to start off with some sad news that most of you probably know. I'm not going to say it in German. But um, unfortunately we are losing. Dave White is switching allegiances. So just, a few, just a few years ago he was holding up this uh, medal. I'm not sure what happened. But, um, but yeah, he's going to join um, Simon Tarry in Frankfurt to plant. Um, so he'll be finishing working for the church end of June. Um, and really I just want to take a couple of moments tonight just to really thank him for all the work that he's done. Um, if we go to the next slide, often he'll have to put up with me giving him ridiculous requests that don't make sense to anyone. And he'll just, yeah, I'm sure this is what he looks like when he gets home most nights. Um, and that's the look I often get. <laughs> um, Hello? Yeah, it's great fun to work with. Um, and one thing he really enjoys is uh, Dress Down Fridays, which I have, he has taken a bit too seriously on a couple of occasions. Um, but, you know, you've got to love, you've got to love the boldness of it. So, but on a serious note, I think any of you who do know Dave will know that he's probably one of the most servant-hearted guys out there, um, as proven by this poster, which it truly put together, I think. How many, how many housemates have you done, Dave? 
<laughs> yeah, he's going to have a chain of people passing his luggage. But yeah, I'm really servant-hearted guy, and um, we will, we're going to miss you, Dave. So thank you so much. And the church just wouldn't be what it is today without him. There's so much stuff he does behind the scenes, out of hours, and um, things that I've forgotten, basically, um, which he picks up. So pray for me. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's been a real pleasure to work with him over the last eight months. And um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be glad to send him to good hands. And I think we all know the real reason that we'll be going to Germany. <laughs> Can't keep it a secret for too long, though. Um, yeah, the good news is that uh, Adrian, if you'd like to come to the front and go on to the next slide, she's already doing her job. Woo. It's the right person this time. So yeah, Adrian has joined, officially joined our team. <laughs> uh, we can stay, we can stay. It's fine, I haven't got any photos, don't <laughs> um, Yeah, Adrian has joined last week um, to be. manager so um, it's really great she's got a nice handover period of Dave who's dropping back down to three days a week and um, yeah get alongside mum getting trained up on how to do food bank so over the coming months they'll transition across to her and uh, yeah already been a great encouragement to the office and um, really exciting so if you start getting emails from Adrian Dave hasn't changed his name it is Adrian and uh, yeah so that's that's the staff team Um, next up, I'm going to go straight into some slightly less photographic slides for our finance update. Um, yay, thank you. Amen. Um, so our financial year ended at the start of April. Um, so we just wanted to give you a quick review on how last year went. Um, so first up, we have our income and expenditure. So um, you'll get these on paper at the end. So if like me, you can barely see them from where you are. Um, the orange um, bars there are expenditure on the left and income on the right, what we predicted. And as you can see by the blue bars there, um, it pretty much came in um, where we expected, but there was some additional um, expenditure and an additional income on top. So the good news is that we were only just 3% below what we spent last year, which is, is fairly good. It means that we kind of budgeted fairly accurately. Um, so you may be asking yourself, what, what, where did the extra money go? Which hopefully will be on the next slide. Um, so although we had around 27k additional expenditure, the reality was that a lot of it was for things that were already coming in additional. So an example would be um, the church holiday um, and other things like New Day, Fleet Festival, where we were actually getting people giving us money specifically for that. So although it comes in as an expenditure, it's actually coming in as well. So the reality is we actually came 7.6k over budget, which is pretty decent. And um, Zane has just done a really good job. She couldn't make it tonight, but she did the budget for this year and she did a really great job in getting that spot on. So the additional, um, the additional money there um, has gone on uh, just sort of things like 
Uh, where is it? I can't see it on there at the moment, but um, that will be in, in the slides that are printed out. Um, oh, pastoral means I think was one of them. And then, um, yeah, sorry, I can't actually see. But yeah, that will be information in the slides. So next up, I wanted just to quickly talk about the budget for this year, which we're currently in. So it's not too dissimilar from last year in terms of where it's divided. So we haven't changed anything massively in terms of where we're spending. And the main area, as you can see in the blue area, is um, on our staff. Um, so predominantly myself and Steph. So managing the charity, managing the church, and Steph doing his pastoral role there. Um, and then you can see from the 14% in the purple that that's our social action projects, so things like food bank and cap. And then our orangey area is our events and meetings, so Sundays, um, Tuesday morning prayer meetings, uh, that kind of thing. And then the kind of lighter shade of blue is our office um, costs. So um, Basically, that's kind of where the budget shakes down. The only difference for this year is that, um, well, basically over the last two years, Zane has done a really great job of kind of stripping our budget right down so that we can basically make the church work. Um, but what that's meant is that a lot of things we've been doing that we can kind of get away with for a year, but it's not a particularly sustainable approach to church. Um, and so what we're trying to do for this next year, um, if you go into the next slide, is just to make things a little bit more sustainable. So, as you can see, um, basically it's 2013, 14, 14, 15, and then this year our budget is going up slightly, um, uh, as you can see, by 9% there. So, it's a, it's a kind of it is a significant rise, but not relative to, um, to previous years. Um, and that's really, I guess, if you go to the next slide, where that's really going um, is actually on um, things that are really important for making what we currently do as a church sustainable. So we're not kind of, I don't know, we're not in investing in um, oil or, or going crazy, spending money all over the place. Um, but what we are doing is, um, is trying to make what we're currently doing sustainable. So the main things it's going into is staffing, basically, um, and then relational mission giving. So um, the main area um, uh, is for our, for our feedback manager. So basically how it shakes down is Adrian is going up a day. Adrian is going to be an additional day's cost and obviously the crossover of Dave. Then for relational mission, which is an increasing partnership that we're doing, uh, we're starting to give slightly more to them. And then also there's sort of certain salary costs that come in like pensions and so on and so forth and then finally as we mentioned at the last family meeting we would really love um, at some point this financial year to try and find a new venue to meet in on a Sunday so what we've basically budgeted is an additional um, two to three hundred pounds per week from September so that's where it's going um, what that looks like for us currently if we go on to the next slide um, is a 12% increase of income um, based on last year so this is the last um, two years, and then this is what it will look like this year. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it, is a, it is a slight increase. Um, but if we go on to the next slide, we can see um, what that would look like. So currently, our regular giving per month sits at about 17.9K. Um, as you can see there, it's kind of, there are some fluctuations, but it's, it's not too out of kilter that we have massive cash flow problems. But the only slight downside is that um, it's been fairly steady. Um, so we've kind of, we've been hitting budget, which is great. 
but actually, as I've mentioned before, we, there's just things that really, if we want to carry on as a church, we're really going to need to um, to invest more in, which is what we're starting to do. Um, so basically, the shortfall, um, if we go on to the next slide, looks at about £1,900 per month, um, which is about 11% of the average monthly giving um, so, yeah, as um, Steph mentioned, there'll be a question time if you want any more details. But Rich is just going to talk a little bit more about where we go from here. Right. I've got to say, Ads, I'm loving some of those graphs. <laughs> I'm probably one of the few people that gets so excited about them. Um, but they, uh, and me and Sarah Gardner, we're united in that. But yeah, no, it was fantastic. Thanks, Ads. Um, yeah, so where does that leave us? Well, that does leave us with um, a 1,900. Um, a month down uh, which you can obviously see does practically mean that we need to grow um, obviously we had our special offering um, back in March uh, which was fantastic the total came in um, at about 14,000 uh, just over 14,000 about 14,200 um, which is fantastic uh, we were able to give half to the housing fund um, and half to the Tarries uh, who went off to Frankfurt who Dave is off to join hold on a second I'm just going to take it off screen lock. One sec. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and half to the Tarries um, in Frankfurt. So it was great to be able to bless them um, and uh, really, really uh, support them and partner with them. And that was a tremendous uh, privilege for us. Um, it's worth noting, um, though, off the back of that, that um, both with this shortfall um, and a little bit of closer inspection of some of the special offering and things, um, there's just a few things that started to kind of grab our attention or, or, or make us think a little bit um, about the special offering uh, in particular, and that kind of forced us to look a bit more at the details and the finer points um, uh, within the church in terms of philosophically how we view giving um, um, and how uh, things are going and where we're at at the moment. Um, and so at that point, it's really important that we don't ignore those sorts of things, um, and it's really important that we actually do the appropriate research and just investigate a little bit further kind of what that actually means and drill down a bit further into some of the numbers and some of the stats and things like that. Um, and essentially what emerged out of it was that there was, um, if, if you like, a significant group of the church that were pretty much carrying a lot of the financial weight of the church um, and just wanting to flag that really um, and just uh, I, I give us a time to kind of really think it over, consider it um, and as a church just reflect on what that um, means for us. Um, I'm not going to go into too many specifics um, but I am going to point to um, just a couple of statistics and um, things and facts really so we have um, about 85 regular givers um, in the church that would be people that would pay on a monthly basis um, into the account um, supporting um, Rev and the work that we're doing here, um, which means there's probably um, from, the, from what we have on the church app, um, 130 people that would consider Revelation Church their home um, and yet aren't financially contributing. Um, that's, that's just the reality of it. Um, what that does mean is um, that kind of obviously you can see that it is slightly weighted towards um, those people. Um, there are about 80 or so people since the boost in people joining GCs. There are about 80 or so people in GCs that um, aren't currently giving. Um, and, and so that just kind of gives us a snapshot really of where we're at. Um, it's really important for us 
um, as a church to recognize um, that what we're trying to do here is build something for the kingdom and something that lasts, something that we are invested in um, and something that we are building for eternity. Um, And although we might be here for a short period, actually what we're doing will have consequences years, decades down the line. Um, And so all that Adam's talking about in terms of us trying to be sustainable, um, trying to, if you like, balance the books and things become a little bit more even, a little bit more um, considered um, and well thought through so that we're, we're, we're effective in what God's called us to do and we're effective with the mission here. Um, and so that's why really a big part of it uh, for us is to be building that kingdom culture, to be building a culture that actually is, is, is thriving and coming into all that God's called us to as a church. Um, that's why uh, when people join the church, if you like, the three areas within the church that we would say um, uh, consider would then consider people part of the church is to be serving on a Sunday, um, part of a gospel community, and giving regularly. Um, a big part of that is understanding where our hearts are. Um, a big part of it is understanding that God is our supply. God is the one that actually sustains us, keeps us, provides all that we need. And it's not that we're in a massive flat. It's not that we're starting to think, oh my goodness, you know, like statistically, you know, we're weighted way towards um, the few carrying the many, as it were. Um, we're not starting to worry at that point because we know that ultimately God's in control. And therefore it's God that sustains us, God that keeps us. But looking at some of those stats, we can see actually um, there, is, there is, I think, something that we have in terms of upping our game, um, in terms of um, actually stepping up to the plate um, and carrying that responsibility slightly more broadly. Um, I want to uh, just pull out a couple of verses um, from uh, 2 Corinthians. Um, uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to 2 Corinthians. Uh, if, don't worry, I'll read it. I'll read it. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians 9, um, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Um, at that point, I just want to draw out a few points. Um, one is that we sow bountifully and that we reap bountifully. Um, that's, what, that's what Paul uh, says in this passage, is he says that if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Um, and yet if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And we want to be a church that, that, that sows bountifully and reaps bountifully, that actually invests um, what we have um, and actually sees a return in terms of the kingdom value of that. Um, now, what I'm not primarily talking about here is actual numbers, right? If you can, obviously, then it's a fantastic privilege to be able to give and serve in that way. But ultimately, what we're looking at is where's your heart at? Where's, where's your heart in terms of, in terms of how, how you handle your money, how you deal with your finances? And the reality is you may not even think it's a significant contribution. You may not even think that actually it makes much of a difference. But the reality is that all of us together, pulling together, carrying this responsibility, makes a huge difference. And that's why God calls us to partner together. That's why he calls us to build together. Because where one lacks and another has plenty, then there's overlap there. There's crossover there. And very often the deep 
default can, can be, you know, well, you know, this 10, 20 pounds, it won't make a difference if I put it in the offering or not. The reality is it does. It makes a massive difference. Because what you're investing there, what you're giving to the kingdom, actually, you, you may well be sowing bountifully. And in doing that, you reap bountifully as well. Um, Second of all, it must be cheerful, right? Um, God loves a cheerful giver, um, and I think you know. There's a we've always we've always tried to take that line, um, not looking for trying to coerce people or um, you know like that's definitely not our heart at all. If you can't che- give cheerfully, then don't give at all. Um, you know that's that's absolutely clear, absolutely um, clear. But I would just say that there is tremendous joy in giving, in actually being able to give and bless somebody. Um, and see the effect and see um, the incredible work that it does do, that it, that it opens up the opportunity that it creates in other people's lives. Um, and and I, I genuinely believe um, and wouldn't want to deprive anyone of that joy. Um, it is a tremendous joy. Even being able to bless uh, Simon and Natalie in Frankfurt is a tremendous joy. Um, being able to bless them with that gift um, is fantastic. Um, and... Uh, finally, uh, just in that last verse, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Now, this seems a little bit contradictory, I'll be honest, right? You give your money, you give of yourself, and actually God basically supplies everything you need, right? Which kind of means, if you think about it in context, we're meant to be like a funnel, right? So everything we have has been given to us by God, and the reality is it's not ours. The reality is we are stewards of what he's given us, and so where we pour it out into the lives of those around us, actually God supplies us with more, and God supplies us with more. And very often when you, know, when you are a church such as ours, uh, where there are quite a few young people, um, many of us won't necessarily have, have experienced that. We've spent the last five years or so trying to get on our feet, right? Um, but actually there is a real call on us as God's people to step out boldly and believe believe God, that as we give and as we give sacrificially, that he comes and, and that he makes all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's a lot of alls, right? Um, that's all encompassing, if you like. God does an incredible work as he supplies all that we need. Um, and so what can we do about it? Um, well, the first thing is to pray. Looking at the statistics, we can pray, right? We can pray, we can, um, you know, really pray God's kingdom in, pray for an increase in giving, pray for an increase in um, money and resources coming into the church. Um, and we can also, off the back of that, reflect on our own giving, reflect on where we're at, reflect on our heart um, and what that looks like. If we go on to the next slide, um, one solution to that could be that half of those people that um, are currently not giving, um, if they all gave £20 uh, a month, um, added to those that are already currently giving, increased by £10 a month, then we would cover that shortfall of £1,900. Um, that that's just in quite stark terms. And 
I don't know about you, but I think that's quite, that's quite an achievable goal, right? And I think, you know, together, if we actually work together corporately as God's people, we can see this happen. Um, and we can see uh, doors open and resources um, really benefit and bless people in the community and those around us. Um, and at that point, um, I would just say again, it's got to be a joyful thing, right? Nobody's trying to coerce anybody into this. It's a joyful thing. It's got to be a matter of the heart. You need to deal with the heart issue and out of that find a place of joy in giving. Um, and secondly, over the next few weeks or so, we are going to be um, doing a couple of sermons um, about money, about finances, about faith for finances. Um, and we recognize that over the years we haven't particularly talked about money um, uh, on a Sunday, in a Sunday setting. We haven't done that a lot. Um, but I just want to uh, say, I guess, publicly that we are committed to that. Um, and actually we're looking at how we can really serve you guys in terms of finding some good biblical teaching about money, about how to handle your money, about how to use your money, and how to steward all that God's given you um, to further his kingdom. Um, and then lastly, I would just say, be creative. Have fun with it. Have fun with giving. Have fun um, and find creative ways of being able to give. Something like the 10K is a fantastic example of that. Right? Just a, a creative way to raise some money so that we can sustain um, the cap center and the food bank and keep things moving forward. That's a fantastic opportunity um, and there are many other things out there. There's many other creative ways that we can find um, to raise finances, to give um, and, and some of us will be better at it than others. Some of us will find it more enjoyable than others but let's be creative with it. Let's, let's have fun with it. Let's, let's have fun with finding God's resources that he has for us. Um, and then lastly, um, uh, at the end of this evening, there will be some packs, uh, Adam's already mentioned about them, um, with some of the finer details about the finances. Um, and in there, there will also be standing order forms um, and gift aid forms, which means if you want to um, start giving, if you aren't, um, then you can fill those out, send them to your bank, um, and uh, yeah, join us on this incredible adventure as we partner together for his kingdom and for his glory in this place. Um, if you have any further questions about the finances in detail, then please go and find Adam at the end. He'd, um, I'm sure, more than love to chat to you about that. If you have any questions, philosophically, if you like, about our giving, about what we do, about what we invest in, about where it's going and things like that, then please do come and find me. I'm more than happy to talk all of that stuff through with you. Um, so, yeah, uh, I just want to make that available to you. Um, I know, as a culture, we don't particularly like talking about money, right? Um, so I want to say publicly that we are committed to talking about money and engaging with this and actually seeing God's kingdom um, unlocked in this place. Steph. Well done, Rich. Thank you. Adam and Rich, that was brilliant. Thank you so much. Just to say, if you are new to the church or new to church and you're not familiar with a few things, just a couple of headlines on that to just make clear. The first is that we are a not-for-profit organisation. All the money that comes in goes into the work. It goes into the resource in the work, the kingdom work that we are doing one, one way or the other. And that's a really important thing to say. And the second thing I've forgotten. So, <laughs> if it comes to me, uh, I will say it. But I just think there are things that we mustn't, that many of us have been around church, our kind of church for years will take for granted. But if you're new, you may, you, you may just not be aware of, and I trust that it will come to my mind at some point during the evening, and at an appropriate moment I will say the second thing. Right, um, just a quick one on uh, a course that I am privileged to be um, heading up called LEAD. 
Many of you have heard about it. We did a plug about it the other Sunday. I just want to flag it again and just say uh, relational mission, this family of churches that we are part of, uh, is running this course lead. It's a two-year course. And it's not just for people who feel called to be leaders in the church. It's for those who feel called to be leaders in the marketplace. Um, And we look to equip uh, people in in just kingdom leadership in whatever setting and context you're called to. And we would just want to keep flagging that up and say this is a really good thing to come along to and think about getting involved in. You can go on the Relational Mission website and there's, um, it's very easy to apply and find out more. It's all on there. But we just thought we'd ask Gordon, who's uh, recently started the call, to just come and maybe just recommend from his own personal experience. Gordon Nutting. <laughs> so I've got to try and encourage you to go and lead now. Um, <laughs> So we're a family, we can be honest, can't you? So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Um, so who here in this room doesn't like the teaching, the Bible teaching at Rev? Please stand up. That's unfair. That's cruel. Who in this room does not want to grow as a Christian? Please stand up. Right. Who in this room doesn't believe that the Great Commission was for them, that some, by some chance uh, the writers in the Bible uh, missed out a name and it was your name as an exclusion, that it doesn't apply to you? Please stand up. Okay, um, Andy accepted because he's got an excuse for not being active. Um, it seems like all of you sort of fit the bill for considering lead. So... I would uh, appeal to you to, to consider the course, speak to uh, Adam who's doing it, Zaina's doing it, uh, Lena and Steph who's um, heading up. Please speak to one of us, uh, think about it. It is a, a, a small commitment but you will grow as a Christian and the, the church will benefit for it, uh, from that. You, you are leaders, you're all leaders and the church needs you. We, we need to grow, uh, we need to save more people. So we need to grow as a church. We need more leaders. So please consider it. Thanks. Thanks, Gordon. Love it. Great. So this is one more bit before the before the question time, and that's want to talk for a few minutes about prayer. Um, Jesus said that the church is to be. Uh, what did he say when he was in the temple? When he cleared the temple, he said, "Your house is to is a." House of Prayer for Nations. And what, what an amazing thing to say. Um, it, it strikes to the heart of what church is, the House of Prayer. And um, by God's grace, our, our life as a church has been founded on prayer. We've had a weekly prayer meeting since, since, the, first, since the first days. I think the first Sunday we ever met um, on a Sunday morning, on that very evening, we went round to Hadra and Lena's house on Seven Sisters Road and started our first weekly prayer meeting. And it's a wonderful time because those who were there wanted to pray. And um, I, t- I think I just, I just felt stirred in my heart over these last few months to, again, you know, we're a family, just to be honest, just to be, take some, a few minutes to exalt you freshly in prayer. Um, it's tricky when there's five or ten people in a room and you say come on let's pray everyone assumes that that what's being said is being said to them the bigger a group gets it's much easier isn't it to just maybe think it's for the person next door but I want to assure you that I'm speaking to you Um, I want to call you to prayer I want to call you to corporate prayer with us as a church Um, the, the world is falling apart and we are blessed to live in one of the most stable parts of the world. We are so blessed. But 
if as God's people with that blessing our response is complacency that's a tragedy and I don't, I, I don't know what apart from the gospel and the kingdom is going to fix our world um, there is just absolute chaos out there uh, and there is a call on us to, to pray and I know many of you and I know you pray I'm not, I'm, this isn't a telling off but it is an exhortation to say that if you can make it to pray with us on a Tuesday please make it to pray with us it will cost you it will be a sacrifice um, you will wake up and think what the heck yes it happens to me every week <laughs> Um, you know, but I just want to ask that you that you would please consider coming because I, there was a slight concern I have that that as we grow as a church numerically that that there's something of a hunger and a, a, a raw kind of we're going to get hold of God that that, that could be on the wane. I, I just think that would be such a tragedy because I don't think God gauges churches by numbers. Do you? I don't think he does. When Jesus speaks to the churches in Revelation 7 churches, he doesn't mention their size once. That's <laughs> not what he's, he's not, he's not counting bums and seats. I think he, he, he loves the heart. And I just want to call you to pray. I know some of you simply can't be there. I know that. You're thinking, oh, if it's only a Wednesday. I know that. It's not a telling off. But it is a call for those of us who can. Please come and pray. Please come and pray. Because I, I don't know how else the purposes of God are going to go forward in the way God intends in our city and in the nations if the church isn't praying. It's a a striking thing, I think, that God has determined that one of the main ways his kingdom goes forward is that his people gather together and ask and trust. It's so simple. It's so childlike. But that's so kingdom. And so, yes, I am asking you to come and stand in a room and um, ask for some things. That's exactly what I'm asking you. But I want to plead with you that, 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 that you would do that. If you can build it into your lifestyle while it's summer, <laughs> it will be easier come October. <laughs> this is the time to start. We're just, I'm just, I'm asking you, I'm just being honest. I'll be honest with you, it's hard to know how to lead into things like this because you realise you could be taken the wrong way. But I just say, I'd rather that than not say anything. I think that would be weak really I just want to say please come and pray the other thing is is that we are so privileged to be part of a movement a family of churches that are committed to prayer and that three times a year once a term there is this enough night where we gather to pray for half an hour we pray from 8 till 12 Um, the next date is June the 19th please come please come it will be a late night but most of you are great at late nights it's what you do just come and have a late night it's kind of what people in Camden are into come and have a late night come and pace around a room and see the kingdom of God advance come and gather with your GCs and pray come Lord Jesus move in power come and do that with us please come please come please be there please make decisions please make sacrifices please pay the price I just think I do think there is a more wider than just this. There's a responsibility on on the church in the comfortable part of the world to stand somehow with those who who are right on the front edge of it and plead with God. What does it say in Hebrew? It says, "Remember those who are in prison, as if you were there with them." And they're talking about believers who have been imprisoned. Um, there's something about saying we are all in this together. And we have the freedom to meet and pray. 
No one's going to attack us at this point in our nation. No one's going to close the thing down. We have the freedom to meet and pray. Please can you prioritize it? Please can you hear, uh, hear my heart in this? It's not a nag and it's not a turn off. It's an exhortation. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Great. Question time. Question time. Ask any questions you like about anything you've heard over the last 45 minutes. Ollie. So in terms of our budget, a good 25% is kind of going to stuff outside of just looking after ourselves, which is amazing. Um, but I wanted to ask, on the RM giving, that's a significant increase. Um, what, what mon- where does that money go? If you, if you read the New Testament, you will find the vast majority of exhortations to give are given into the Great Commission, apostolic work. That's exactly what it is. And it's, 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 the issue is our understanding of what relational mission is needs to catch up with the biblical understanding of apostolic Christianity, then we can fully engage. If we see RM as something out there, something that it's that, some organization, then we're really not going to get it. And see it like this. If you read the New Testament, you'll see that different apostles, Paul and Peter, they had specific relationships with congregations that they called into world mission. And part of that, you find it in Philippians, you find it in 2 Corinthians, is a call into invest resources as well as people. So we're saying we've joined with Mike and his team and we want to get behind resourcing apostolic church planting to the ends of the earth. So mostly what that is, that money goes towards resourcing people to get out to places like Latvia, Frankfurt, Gdansk, other places around the world where there are people pioneering works so that we can support them with translocal ministry. Because what you find in the New Testament is you have these pioneers, but Paul's sending Silas, he's sending Timothy, he's sending these people, because you've got to have supply lines to these places of, of ministry, because that's the way God has chosen to strengthen the church. And so really it's just us saying we really want to learn to understand what this is, catch it, own it for ourselves and get behind it. I would also point out that um, the 40% in the pie chart of staff, staffing resource, that, that is not selfish. I just want to make that, make that clear. We are resourced to be able to uh, strengthen, resource, equip the church that we might be able to fulfill the mission of God on us. None of it is is filling coffers. None of it is, oh, great, you know, we can now upgrade to a 15-inch screen. Uh, do you know what I mean for the sake of it? There, there may be a time in the future where it's valid to buy those things for the purpose, but the whole thing, 100% of that pie chart, is Great Commission. And if any of it isn't, it needs to come out and not be spent anymore. Is that okay? Cool. Laura. Um, I had two questions. The first one was about prayer. I've loved it when we've done um, the weeks of prayer in the past before, and I wondered if we could do another one at some point. And the other question was about deacons, so I don't know if that's going to get talked about, but I just thought, haven't heard much about them for a while and wondered if you might be able to give us an update. Oh, I know you haven't already said about that. Great so. questions. Rich, be good for you to join me up here. So, uh, that's fine, that's fine. Just good for you to be up here anyway. Just help me out. Uh, uh, the first question was um, to do with weeks of prayer. I'm sure that we are most definitely open to doing that. Um, there are no plans as yet, concretely. I think one of the things we're constantly, constantly juggling is what we commit to when. What we ask of people when. It's probably one of the most... Um, pertinent things we face 
because of the particular pressures and challenges of where we live and the demands on people. So we're constantly trying to call people to sacrifice in a gospel way, but not create a scenario that frankly overwhelms people in a kind of, you create a, a church whereby people never get a chance to um, see their friends outside of church. People never get a chance, you know, to just um, have a night in and watch TV. Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of, we, so, we, so we're constantly walking that. So I think on that we'll probably we'll just go for the leading of the Spirit when we feel that's right. We'll, we'll put that in. On deacons, it's an excellent question. Where there, is, there are some very big conversations. Basically, a lot of people that were deacons um, uh, have either stepped down or moved on. Uh, but we are committed to a biblical pattern of local church leadership, which is team eldership and deacons. So there's a lot of in-depth conversations going on about that right now, and the plan is in the September family meeting for there to be um, big announcements and laying on of hands. It's okay. Thank you. Um, we're part of relational mission. For some people might not know what that was about and where that's come out from and what nations we're reaching into and things like that. So can you give a kind of a global span of what we're a, part, a bigger part of that we're building, that we're investing into? I think you just did, mate. That was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'll try and do what I can in a minute. I mean, New Frontiers is obviously a movement that started as basically a few house churches in Sussex and now is over a thousand in the world and when Terry Virgo who founded New Frontiers felt it was right for him to step back he felt the, the biblical model would not be to pass on to a successor but for there to be a multiplication so that the movement becomes movements rather than some kind of scenario of this is now who takes it on which he, he felt would just have, would have become an institutional sort of deal and so 20 or so uh, apostolic leaders were laid hands on and commissioned to begin their own um, whatever you want to call it network, family, sphere, movement and so relational mission is one of those um, we are particularly involved just more due to history but we're particularly involved in the UK um, Europe and Canada um, but watch this space because my uh, prediction is in the coming years, as with every other sphere, movement, and network, that's going to go crazy. And by God's grace, we'll, we'll get a lot further than that. Is that okay? Okay, cool. It's important as well that we understand that um, relational mission is an organic thing and that it's continually growing, continually developing, continually evolving, as it were. And so what Steph's talking about in terms of re reaching into new nations, new, new, new boundaries and things like that um, is massively core to who we are as the church, the global church. Um, relational mission isn't about setting up an institution. Um, it's not about building an organization. It's not about um, any of those things. Actually, it's about building the kingdom, um, and that's why it's constantly growing, constantly evolving, people constantly in, out, moving around, and all sorts of things like that. So, gospel communities, um, do we need more? Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, we, we, we always need more gospel communities. Um, if you have a look at the figures, um, we do on paper need more gospel communities in terms of um, gathering people into um, the mission um, and in the direction that God's called us. There's, there's a massive need within the community around us. There's massive need um, in this part of London. So absolutely we need more gospel communities. Um, we need people to resource those gospel communities, get into those gospel communities, partner 
gospel with people um, in those gospel communities. Um, but at the stage we're at as a church, um, it's also important for some of those gospel communities to actually begin to grow um, significantly, build meaningful community um, in a very strong and real way that can then be replicated and then the strength that is within the DNA of those GCs can then be replicated out as well. So essentially, yes, we need more GCs, but we also need stronger models of GCs as well, um, is what I would say. And I would agree. (laughs) Probably got time for two more, so Sarah and Abby. Cool. Um, so we did the special offering recently, um, and half of it went to the tarries, and half of it went to the housing fund. Can you talk a bit more about that and kind of where that money's going and the plan for that? Which bit? Both bits. Just the, ha- well, the just a bit or more the tarries. The housing, the housing, because obviously the tarries yeah, sure. about housing. I don't mind. What do you want to know about both, or just one? It's the housing fund. Yeah, great. Um, So uh, what was New Frontiers, um, which has been, uh, well, not entirely disbanded, but um, has multiplied into these spheres, as we've just heard about, Um, a part of that, um, they gave us a very generous gift um, of £75,000, which was wonderful, um, an incredible blessing. Um, And uh, so a part of it is, if you like, to help churches like ours um, that are establishing works in tricky situations, tricky um, in terms of the context, primarily for us um, financially really um, in terms of where we're located um, you know we are right up there in some of the most expensive areas in the UK um, and so so what they did was they gave us uh, a gift of 75,000 um, and what we've done is we've looked to supplement that um, with a view to being able to buy a property as a church um, as an investment, as an asset for us, um, so that we are being wise with that money, we're investing it wisely, um, and so uh, that we can grow and establish more of what we're doing here. There are certain regulations around it, um, and we've been backwards and forwards with New Frontiers about that, um, but yeah, there are certain um, regulations around that. Essentially, at the moment where we're at is just a period of growth. We just need to grow in that area, we need to grow um, financially in that area, so if anybody fancies giving to the church housing fund, then let's talk. Um, there are ways to do that, um, and yeah, we want to make that available. Um, you want to say something, one thing on it? Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> well I think I'm going to say what you're going to say. <laughs> but um, uh, that, that is to say that at the moment we find ourselves at a bit of a funny, funny point, really, um, is that we've give, been given this gift of 75,000, which is a significant gift and we want to steward wisely. But the reality is where we live, 75 grand, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but it just doesn't go very far. <laughs> um, and so where we're finding ourselves is actually it's, it's a bit of a tricky road ahead in terms of the housing fund and what that actually looks like. So that is in, we, are, we are in discussion about that philosophically, about how we feel about it going forward and the, the actual details um, and the mechanics of that and what that would actually practically look like. So there are conversations going on about that. Um, but yes, that's where we're at at the moment um, and things may change. But yeah. That was what I was going to say. Plus one other thing, just to clarify. It's ring-fenced, so they said this is for like a manse, like a, a, a vicar's house. When we first planted, this is for a, an elder to live in. And so that's what makes it hard. <laughs> Bizarrely. 
So, for example, if they said, do what you like with it, just buy a house or a flat, we could have invested by now with that money into, into I don't know, a, a, a small one-bedroom flat or something that by now would have made a load of money and, um, you know, someone from the church could have lived in and just paid rent to and, 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 and suddenly that thing is becoming a lot more money than it was. Um, but that's not, it's not allowed legally. It's ring-fenced for um, an elder um, and their family, which means it needs to be of a significant size. I'm putting Milo in a bedsit. Do you know what I mean? It's just not going to be a blessing. So it's, it is a little bit of a funny one. And we're, so we're trying to just do our best to honour the gift that we've been given and respect what's around it and just have a medium and long-term view and trust in that God will clarify. God, there will be a God moment in it where what we have suddenly fits with something that's available and we, we can honour what's been, what we've been blessed with. But it is a slightly funny one. We admit it. There's one more question, it's Abby, sorry. Don't apologise. Um, I'll try and keep this not so complicated because it feels complicated, but have you looked at um, the whole gospel community thing? I'm totally behind and I, I love, but have you looked at the people that aren't physically able to commit to gospel communities and aren't able to um, kind of fit that into their lives and maybe also people that have been here longer term and are on the edges as a result? Because I think we're really good at welcoming people, but we're not. there is something lacking in retaining people that are not having time to go to GCs. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I guess the difficult thing is is that for every situation like that, there are lots of nuances and details. It's not like you could lump all those people together and it's for the same reason, which makes it quite difficult to answer. Um, I think you're right, we are good at being friendly, and I think it is much more challenging to be friends on a long-term basis, and it's to be friendly. Of course it is, and that's something we're always looking at and aware of. I think we do. I think the more flexible gospel communities we can have, the better. We just need someone who's willing to lead a flexible gospel community, or one that meets at a different time, build a team and a vision around that, and then maybe we're up and running. See, the thing is, is you often, as leaders, you're often faced with a lot of things, and you're very aware of these gaps, but you just can't fill them. So you, but you're always hoping and just trusting that at the right time, God will raise someone, some people up to do exactly that. So I hear your heart, and I'm sure you're right, but I don't know that we have a solution. Okay. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, and that's not us saying... it's just good to know that you're aware of it. Oh, we are aware of so many gaps. <laughs> it's our life. Obviously, it's not possible to solve for every single person, but it's, sure. it's kind of good to have that in No, absolutely. And we do care. Yeah. We really, we really do care. Um... And there's always a tightrope between caring and not letting yourself just become crushed by the need. Um, Hopefully we're still on the rope. Thanks, Thanks, Abby. Great. Okay, so uh, part two. You up for part two? Only got 15 minutes left, so it's going to be a short part. Right, where are we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well done. Yeah, cool. I've got two. <laughs> uh, just a real quick one, then we haven't got a lot of time, but we have a new website. Hey, as of today. Um, so, just quickly, um, when I, actually, when I started the job, we really thought we'd readdress what the website is for, who it's for, what it's doing. We realised there's probably three groups of people going on the website people who, who aren't Christians, who probably checked that website through Friends or Fleet Festival or Food Bank or something like that. People who are. Christians and looking for a church, so church hunters, and then us, people who are in the church looking for resources. And we thought what would be really, really helpful, um, for particularly the first two groups that we really wanted to serve, is create a website that's simple and easy to engage with. 
but, all, but at the same time communicates kind of who we are as a church, how we're a family and stuff. So um, this is what um, this is what we've made. Um, so it's live on the normal URL, and um, you can check it out. It does other things rather than just look pretty. Um, but basically, um, Tuli has just put in heaps of work on it, and she's done amazing. So thank you, Tuli. <laughs> um, and. And so just to say that there's actually, it's just really helpful. If you want to just check it out, there's some helpful vision stuff on there. Um, but also we hope it's a website that you can point your friends to and that it will be clear, uh, not confusing as to who we are as a church. And there's still the resources on there that we would normally have, um, like sermons and videos and um, that kind of thing. Um, that's it, really. Uh, we just want to finish by, because um, is the last thing now, I think. This is the last thing. Yes. Um, by just asking the question for a moment in terms of uh, how, how do we move forward as a church? This isn't in relation directly with what, I just spoke, what we just spoke about, but just generally. How do we look where God's got us? It's good. Amen? Amen. You know, I mean, when we first arrived in Camden, talking to various church leaders in the area, it's clear that it, it's not an easy place to plant a church. Um, and there's a lot of uh, animosity um, towards the gospel. But God's done an amazing thing. Um, and it's, we're, we're grateful for that. But the question is, I guess, how do we make sure that we move forward and don't just get stuck here saying, yeah, isn't this good? So I've just got a few thoughts. And um, uh, the first, I want to say it's really just two things. The first is how we move forward individually. I, we just, we're just aware of some areas where I think we all need to just guard our hearts spiritually. And... Um, are, are any of these storylines, mental storylines, familiar to you? Number one, no one else is facing pressure like this, like I'm facing right now. Is it familiar to anyone? Okay. I just want to say that that is not true. <laughs> um, there, are, there, there are peculiar pressures um, doing life in the city, doing church, in the city, whether they are logistical, whether they are financial, whether they are, oh, my friends have moved on again, whatever they might be, um, there are, and, and many, many people are facing them. I just want to, just want to say to you, do not believe that storyline. Um, it could lead you down to a road of pride, uh, and even isolation, um, and it could lead you to think, oh, there's no point talking to anyone, no one gets it, people will get it. We're all facing similar things to different degrees. Let's stay together in that and not, let's not let ourselves get isolated by that mentality. Yeah? Um, Storyline number two, no one's investing in me in church. No one's investing in me. Anyone, you probably wouldn't admit to it, but anyone thought that? <laughs> uh, we're really doing the best we can. <laughs> we're really, we're just doing the best we can with what we've got. And I think we're getting better. And I've, in pastoral situations now, when helping individuals or married couples, I've stopped, I've stopped asking, are you doing good? I just ask now, is it, are you, are you, is it getting better? <laughs> I think it's a much more helpful question. Um, because sometimes things aren't good, but they're getting better, so it's okay. And I want to just say, our heart as a church and leaders, GC leaders, is absolutely to invest in people. And if you just feel you've been overlooked in some way, it's, just, it's nothing deliberate. Uh, it's just, we're all spinning plates, aren't we? Are we all spinning plates? We're all spinning plates. So don't listen to that. Um, the third thing is, there's just too much going on. Anyone familiar with that one? <laughs> but there is a lot going on. But 
I think I think I just want to warn warn you away from a kind of mindset that can develop, which is a there's just too much going on mindset. You know, you're not a victim of circumstance. You're not. In Christ, you have power. You have power to choose what to invest in. You have power to choose where to put your time, your energy. I know there are external pressures that push in. I'm aware of that. But I want to just break that storyline if it's just become the dominating feature of your life. It's, it is slightly worrying to hear so many 20-year-olds so frequently say, I'm really tired. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this should not be so. This should not be so. Just cut some things out. Stick to the good stuff. And remember, remember Mary and Martha as well. Remember what's the good thing, the one good thing that won't be taken away. Keep listening to Jesus. It's just a little pastoral. Don't, don't let that develop. Because it just becomes a suit you end up wearing. But you didn't need to. And then, so that's the stuff individually. And then just to say sort of um, corporately, thank God for the prophetic promises he's given us as a church. Um, and they have really been our... Our beacon, that's been really what's governed, what's God said we're going for that. That's been our vision, right? What God has spoken prophetically. I think the reality is that we are actually coming into the fulfillment of numbers of those promises. I really think that's true. You know, promises like, you'll be like a cave of a dull and where those who are in debt, distressed, discontented will come and God will turn them into an army. We're really seeing that. I mean, we really are seeing that. You might think, well, okay, it doesn't seem to be massive yet. Remember how the kingdom works, yeast and a loaf. If it's, ha- if it's, if it's actually happening, don't panic about whether it's big or not. It just it gets everywhere. Okay? If it's happening, then you've got, you've got, you, 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 you have a cause to be confident. Words about communities, impacting communities increasingly. Amazing stories from gospel communities impacting their communities. Amazing stories, remarkable things. Get around, ask. It may be that you're in a season in your gospel community where it doesn't feel like that's happening. Get, get out for a few minutes and just ask around and be encouraged. There's some wonderful, wonderful things happening. And so we haven't come into the fulfillment of all that God said, but things are starting to happen. But I do feel, actually, in all honesty, that we do need to hear the prophetic voice of God freshly as a church. I think we do. There were big decisions to make. And without a sense of what's God saying, you, you just end up... You know those moments where you're in the supermarket and it's like, I don't know which one to choose. It becomes a bit like that. And that's not how we lead. So you'd be glad to know. Oh, that one. You know, you'd be glad to know. Um, visionary leadership. Some people say, oh, Steph, you're all visionary. Let me, let me just clarify really, really, if I am, really what that means so you don't get it wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm the guy that just comes up with these really good ideas and sometimes bad ones. Right, it's, it's just what it means. Right, if it means anything, and if, if I have been gifted in that way, it's that in God's mercy, there have been moments where I've heard his voice. And I've taken it to a team and said, I feel God's leading us this way. And we've prayed about it and waited together and we've said yes. And we've gone for it and it's had life about it. But it's because God spoke. And we are as dependent today on the prophetic voice of God as we've always been. There is no complacency in our heart. We are grateful for what God's done, but we we do feel as a leadership team a slight urgency. God, please speak. So I just want to say, please pray for us. Please ask God for dreams and visions and prophetic words. Because all you need really, you might think, well, I've had this thing, but it's not much. I tell you, if two or three people had the same thing, it's much. 
this much. So don't despise. We are, we are the body of Christ. God leads us. God leads his people. And as elders, it's a governmental responsibility. But the, the, the Bible talks about Christianity. It says God's giving dreams and visions to everyone. And the, the whole body goes forward. He's getting a cuddle. Don't worry. It's, it's all good. Um, so I just want to say, look, we really, we, we, we do sense in some way that it's, there's a, there's a fresh something to go for, but we don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. So we want to just draw you into the, draw you into our confusion, uh, and say, can you please seek God with us? Um, it's, it's healthy to do that. We, we are all just we're dependent on Him, aren't we? He's our leader. And so we're just looking to Jesus, and He is a brilliant leader and a faithful shepherd. So He will show us at the right time, at just the right time. But there's just there's a scripture, it just says, it's Amos somewhere. I wrote down, uh, I'll leave you with it. Amos, where is it? Um, 3 verse 8. 3 verse 8. It says, um, I've forgotten the first bit, but the second bit. Oh yeah, cheers, Rich. That'd be better than just. It's a slick operation here. Here we go. Thanks. Um, it says, um, "The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy?" I love that. God speaks, the prophet starts saying, oh, do you know what? So we need to say, God, please be speaking. And if you are here and you think, I think God might have been already, please share things with us. Even things that might seem a bit random. Um, it, hasn't, it hasn't got to be smooth and polished. There is a childlikeness about the ways of the kingdom. It just comes together. So is that cool? You hear, hear our heart on that? Great. Uh, next date for a family meeting. This is really well organised of us. I hope you appreciate this moment. It's uh, 29th of September. <laughs> so you can... Um, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you. That wasn't my idea. But it's a brilliant idea. I totally re- recommend it. Um, write it in your diaries and things, okay? Because we just really want to... I think it's in- increasingly important, these sorts of evenings. Because we really... This is big. It is a big deal. I've just sat here and listened for an hour and a half. It's a huge deal. <laughs> it's a huge, huge deal. God does things in the people when we gather like this. So, should we end by praying for one another? Yeah, why don't we stand to our feet and lay your hand on the person on your left. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for one another. Thank you, Lord, for church. Thank you, Lord, for family. Thank you, Lord, for um, the way you've knitted us together in the Holy Spirit. We just love all that you're doing, Lord, and uh, we bless your name. We bless your name as we leave this place. Amen. I mean, give someone near you a high five. Give someone near you a high ten. Touch someone near you. Touch someone near you like this. Give them some. Yep. Shake someone's hand. Give someone a holy kiss. God bless you.